Amen. Let me love you just the same. We should love him more. And when I think of God's love toward us, tears start breaking in and I, I cry. There's nothing wrong with that. But I tell you one thing. 
as we heard this morning from Brother John, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He will never change. We change. But let us change for the better this coming year. And let us live for him because he promised never to leave us nor forsake us. Well, this is the first Sunday of 2018. Please write it on your checks. When you write the check, remember. <laughs> I'm talking to myself. <laughs> remember, it's 2018 and we have a, a, a new year here. And I thought of uh, when I looked at my message, I said, what can I speak, Lord? I spoke to them about the old years during the past. You know, when you have, when you, we've been together for almost 40 years now. And you always, you, you heard every message from me. The new year, the old year, the old year. And plus what Adam stole from me, you know, a couple, three. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> these are, and I said, Lord, I said, he brought to my mind, well, well, I was thinking, he brought to my mind. And we thank God for those who are here. Two verses. And these are my preferred verses, and you know them. Okay, what is my, it's a quiz, quiz test, test you ladies here. What is my preferred verse in the Bible? So nothing is new, let's go home. Okay, 1 Samuel 2.30. I want to bring, them, bring this to your memory. Okay, it says, those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. And I said, I cannot go further with this without telling the church what's my second verse, and so we can go on and finish on time here. The second verse is, and Emily remembers that. He said, uh, uh, Dad, you always mention this. I said, yeah, I always mention it. Emily, I saw her earlier, but I don't know where she is now. Anyway, and this is the verse. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Didn't he? Thus far, the Lord has helped us. And let me ask you a question. Is there any, any possibility that he's not going to help us th through 2018? Through thin and thick, he's been with us and he's helped us. As we stand today, at the beginning of this new year, we all aim for a good beginning. Because it is very important to start at the, on the right foot. This fact is evident in many areas on our, in our lives. We went, we want a good beginning. Many we know, and here it comes, uh, make new resolutions and uh, all kinds of promises. And we know the, the saying is that uh, resolutions are made to be broken. And I believe I broke every resolution myself, especially when I want to apply it to to dieting or uh, eating well. Uh, are we okay? I'm not going to eat potato chips anymore. And the very next thing, after the resolution, we buy the bag of potato chips and eat it. I, say, I had a friend of mine I used to work with during the days when he used to smoke, smoke in the offices. 
I said, he came on a, on a, it was Tuesday, New Year's Day was a Monday. And he came on Tuesday and he said, Adolf, I made a new resolution tonight. He was a smoker. I said, what art? He said, look, look he had a, a golden, do you, do you, have you seen this, a golden cigarette, cigarette case? He opened it, he says, look, all the cigarettes are halves. I decided to smoke. <laughs> to smoke half a cigarette instead of one. I said, well, good darn. <laughs> I was saved then. I got saved. Uh, new. Then three days later, I looked at the, oh, no, before that, <laughs> I didn't mean to tell you this, but it came to my mind. And then when he was smoking, he would take the other half and light it from the one in his mouth. <laughs> I said, Art, what happened to the resolution here? He said, no, no, it's going, it's going well. It's going well. <laughs> well, we, we're not done yet. So uh, mid, mid, I mean, two, three days, around Friday, we used to work half day Saturday. Around Friday, I saw the, the golden cigarette lighter. I, never, I, I didn't want to share this, but it's good. <laughs> he, he opened it. It's full cigarettes. I said, what happened, Art? What happened to the halves? He said, no. This is a Kent cigarette. It has a filter. See, I still remember. I says, the filter is one third, so I smoke one, it's not full. I said, what? <laughs> and uh, the next week, he started lighting them, one from another. Resolutions, right? Resolutions. Well, here, here's a story for you. Though we hope to fulfill the resolutions, we're not going to talk about that today. The Lord doesn't want us to make resolutions. And I want to remind you as a church, the Lord wants us to make commitments. Almost every one of us has made a, a resolution. And we hope to fulfill them what we fail. But let's be realistic this morning. And as we break them, I would like to suggest perhaps when we made them, we lack the commitment. Therefore, the disappointments come and so many people get depressed after the new year. And may the Lord I say, help us today to evaluate how committed we are to the ministry that he has given us. Most of us are members of, member of this church, and we have about more than one-third sick today, but I hope they're hearing me. Therefore, we need today to reconsider our commitment to our Lord Jesus Christ. How serious are we in the face of the challenges that we have? We have challenges at home. We have challenges in the marketplace. We have challenges at work. We have challenges at school. We have challenges everywhere. And do you know, it all depends how serious we are in facing them and what kind of a commitment we have in our hearts to face them and succeed because God is a God who gives us success in every way to turn 
if we are living in obedience to him. Right? Late one December, an elementary school principal said to his teachers, let's all write our New Year's resolutions about how we can be better teachers. Very good. And I'll put them on the staff bulletin board. In that way, we can be mutually supportive to each other in all our efforts to keep those resolutions going. The teachers agreed. And when the resolutions were posted on the board, they all crowded around the bulletin board and they read them. One of the young teachers in the group suddenly went into a fit of anger. She said, he didn't put up my resolutions. It was one of the first ones I wrote. He doesn't care about me. And that shows what it's like around here to work with this principle. And on and on she ranted and she raved and she wouldn't stop talking about it. So the principal in the next room sitting in his office overheard what she was saying. And he hadn't meant to exclude her at all. But the point of it is he rummaged through all what he has and he found her resolution. And he omitted to post it on the bulletin board. We're coming to an end. And finally, he tacked it. The resolution said, I resolve not to let little things upset me anymore. <laughs> resolution, yes. Commitment, no. You got it. Christians, to make my point, and yours, I hope, we're facing today many challenges. The children of God through centuries have faced many enemies. The word of God is filled with many experiences that face those dedicated men and women. And it were not unfulfilled resolutions or promises that carried them through, but their dedication and commitment to God and their obedience to his law gave them victories. They honored him in their lives and in their death. And that takes us back to my preferred verse, I will honor those who honor me. Do not forget that. What we need today, and this is my first point, we need to reconsider our commitment. What we need today is a renewal of these commitments. Are you with me on that? Children of God, we need to look at it very seriously. We need a revival in our lives. Are we asleep? Did we get comfortable? Are we sitting by the seashore on a chaise long and saying, okay, I'm fine. I'm Christian and the Lord is coming and I'm going to see him very soon. It's not enough. The agents, the demons are working around us day and night to destroy the work of God and the church of God. And then I have news for you. And uh, all the powers of hell 
will not prevail against the church of God. So stop relaxing and let us be on the alert and let us stand up and let's go forward and let's work for the Lord Jesus Christ. That should be our commitment. We need this revival. I ask the Lord to give us revivals in our souls. And that brings a little, a little story, brings a little story to my mind. Gypsy Smith was one of the great revival preachers. And he was asked, how do you start a revival, Gypsy? He said, a young man came to him and said, here's, here's what it is. Go home. Lock yourself in your room and kneel down in the middle of your floor. Hmm? Draw a chalk mark all around yourself, a circle, and ask God to start the revival inside that chalk mark. Did you get that? When God answers your prayer, the revivals will be on. We cannot pray God revive Adol so he can revive us. Or revive Mike who can revive us. Or revive so and so. Lord, start the commitment in me. Do you, are you committed to start a revival in your church? And this is the commitment I'm asking for. It's not a resolution. It's not a promise. A con consider recommitted your energy, your life your business deals, everything to the Lord Jesus Christ, and then the Lord will start a revival. My second point to you, quickly, it is time to move forward. We've had so many successes in the past. I'm not saying like people say, okay, I'd like to forget the old year. Old year was good to each and every one of us. The Lord blessed us. They're, all, they're always in life, Ups and downs. They're all failures and successes. And we thank God we made it through 2017. And, but it's time to move from that. Whether it's successes, let's forget them. Whether it's failure, let's forget, forget them. And let's move. In uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, the Lord is bidding Au revoir, adieu to the disciples. And what did he tell them? Go and make disciples. Move forward. The word go. He did not ask them to sit down and evaluate what are the chances were that would he return to them. He did not tell them, okay, take this, take this commission and have a committee. And go to your churches and discuss what, you, what we should do after the Lord has left us, was gone. Did he tell them that? What did, he gave them orders. What was the order? What was the first word? Are you with me? Go. When you say go, do you go backward or go forward? He said go forward, regardless of the task. There were 12 uneducated men, regardless of the task. Big or small, the Lord is calling us today, like he called the disciples of old, for a total commitment to his service by going forward. There is a story 
about uh, the, one of the great, great missionaries, David Livingstone, if you read about him. And a, the society from America here wrote him a letter. He was, he was serving amongst, uh, in the jungles, amongst many, and many heathens. And they wrote him a letter, and he got the letter after some time. And they, told, they asked him, he says, have you found a good road to where you are? Remember, I said he's in the jungle. And if so, we want to know how to send other men to join you. Livingston replied, and listen to this, if you have men who will come only if they know there is a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come even if there is no road at all. We don't know the road ahead of us. Joshua, in, his, in, an, in addressing the nation that he was to lead for the new land that God has promised, he said, this way you have never passed before. 2018 is a mystery, right? We don't know what holds tomorrow, what tomorrow holds. We don't know what we are going to face in the future. We have no idea. And thank God, he does not let us know the future. He wants us to live by faith, trusting him, and but going forward, going forward. But one thing he said, I will be with you. Go. Do you think that the disciples, when they heard the word go, did they have a meeting? So we have to analyze. You know, we are good in analysis here. Or call a church meeting. We want to put a door. A door up there doesn't need a church meeting. We don't need to waste things on discussing things that God has instructed us to do. This is why, and I think you all agree with me, we don't have committees in our church. Not a single committee. Do you know that? Amen? And even if we try to start a committee, it will fail. <laughs> because it's not according to the word of God. Go to the world and form committees and see if it says, no, he didn't tell them that. Go to the world and preach, teach, and baptize. They did not hesitate in the face of dangers. I want to spend some time on that. Mockery. Persecutions. And even death, their environment was no different than our environment today, right? They were not what they call them in the old fence Christians. Could you define fence Christians with me? I want to listen. There are some Christians today sitting on the fence. I call them, in my own English, maybe broken, borderline believers. They are looking, they can look from the fence. Is this okay here in the church? Okay. And they look here. Oh, wow. There are good parties out there. And they're ready to jump either way according to the winds. According to what they think is good for them. We, I pray that we don't have 
fence believers here. No, they did not sit on the fence. They were not fence Christians or borderline believers. What they were, they went to the arena. They jumped joyfully, not even caring for their own lives. Go forward. We are called to go forward. And if you think I want to bring to your attention what they did, to, they did in the past, what they went through, I want to bring your attention. Uh, <clears throat> they were 12. We are more than 12. Thank God. In an environment of hate and bitterness and greed, they manifested love to all. Remember that. They manifested the love of Christ. They repaid persecution with kindness. They prayed for their assailants. Their love toward other Christians forced their enemies to say, behold, how these Christians love one another. Remember that. In going forward, they considered it an honor to be associated with their Savior. They were never ashamed to say, we are Christians. Not I've got religion. Not I've got faith. No. I am a born-again Christian. They were proud to have Christ as their leader. They went forward to turn the world upside down, yes or no. They obeyed the commission. They never veered from it. They paid the price and the world was not worthy of them. Don't think poorly of yourself. You've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the blood of God. You've been saved. You are called a child of God. Let me tell you one thing. And the world, as you go around, and carry the word of God, the world is not worthy of you at all. Don't think low of yourself, but think big. Think that you are a child of God. And let us honor him with that. Go and keep going and never look back. Two coast guardsmen were preparing to engage in a rescue attempt to two fishermen that were lost in a storm. Someone shouted out to them, don't go out there, you may never get back. One of the guardsmen replied, we don't have to get back, but we have to go. The Lord gave us a new year a new chance, a new opportunity, and it's wide open. Let's forget what is behind and do what Paul said. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Let's tell you one thing, it's time to rise and go forward. Amen? Number one, it's to reconsider our commitment. Number two is to rise and go forward. My final word to you. It's time to make ourselves available.
Did I say available? Okay. There are great abilities, listen to this, that people acquire. They cultivate these abilities, and they demonstrate it. In the service of God, there is one ability that is the greatest ability of all. And say, Adol, what is it? Is it sociability? Is it compatibility? I had to choose these words. Is it accountability? I'm beating Dean about that. It is adaptability or reliability. The greatest ability is availability. Did I hear amen? If we are not available to God, no matter what other kind of ability we have, it is no good. As someone said, ability without availability is a liability. <laughs> it's not my word. What does availability mean? And here's, here's what the challenge is for us. It means to place oneself totally, absolutely, completely at God's disposal for him, for his ministry, to do anything and everything he wants us to do in us, through us, with us, and for us. And then when he chooses. Anything less than that is putting restrictions on God and writing in fine print on the contract between him and you, okay, and writing things that, okay, but according to my need, this commitment of the contract will not go unless I do so and so. No. Sign the white paper. That's the contract. That's the contract. Are you available? Thank God, I have experienced this. It's my own experience. When I call someone in the church, man or a woman, when I call them, I always receive, all right, I'll do it. Thank you. Thank you for that. And let's not forget that we should be available to do the work of God, whatever it is. Whatever it is, whether it starts by cleaning the church or the rooms, or collecting the garbage, or visiting people, or opening the church, or working outside, or, or doing any other ministry, or preaching, or whatever it is, men and women, are you available today? So I'm able. Doesn't, doesn't matter. God wants you to say, when he calls you, you know what he expects you and me to say when he says, Adol, you know what he expects? Aye, aye, sir. I said it before, I said it now. God is looking for yes men and women. I will do whatever you want me to do. Church, we have many opportunities. Let's consider our commitment. Let's 
go forward and let's be available. No one is excluded. No one. Regardless of our abilities, are we willing? Are we available? Are we ready to go? I am done. There's a song that came to my mind while preparing this message. And I said, I want to sing it at the end of this meeting. Is Gloria available? She will. I think she will. Dean, may I have a, the hymn book, please? There's, there's one. You keep one here. OK, good. Let's open up, and Ed can put it there, to him, 592. Think of that. As I read it here, the title is Little is Much When God is in It. We're not little, we're small, but remember, we're God, we are a majority with God. It says, in the harvest, field now ripened, there's a work for all to do. Hark the voice of God is calling to the harvest. Is calling you, little is much, when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown, and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. May I ask you, those who can stand, stand all together and sing it all together. Three verses as Dean. Dean will lead us in this.
Our Heavenly Father, on this first Sunday of the new year, we rededicate our lives to you. We pray in that circle that we draw around ourselves that we will be the ones, Lord, to start the revival. It has to start with us individually before it can go to the, to the rest of the body and the rest of the church and around the world. Lord, start the work in me. Start it in each one of us. Lord, help us to reconsider our commitments to you, not making resolutions but commitments. And Lord, just help us to go forward and not backward, to look forward at what you have us to do, to never say, I can't do it, but be willing to do whatever you ask us to do, Lord. Help us to be available, to be faithful, to be teachable, to be used of you as we look forward to this new year. Lord, we've only started, and we pray that this year will be a blessed year, and we will give you all the thanks and praise. Please dismiss us with your blessing. Thank you for our dear brother Adel and his sharing the word. Thank you for Jenny's song. Thank you for each person here, and pray for those who are absent from us today. Please bring them back safely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.